Are you awake? Did you wake up? Yeah. Did you experience the divine? Good, then we can just eat and sleep the rest of the time. <laughs> Going into the meditation, it's fun for me because sometimes, well, most of the time when I do the guided meditations, I always just open up the spirit and invite God in and just let it unfold, whatever the words are or however the energy moves. And I realized even when I was doing that today, I used the word inviting God in. And it's really, it's really nice. Actually, the last few days I've been spending more time myself inviting God in. And it's interesting. I'm going, well, I thought, well, gosh, in a way I kind of do that all the time because every time I go to meditate, that as I focus on that action of loving and, and chanting the sacred name that we share about here in Inner Light Ministries, that that's what I'm doing. But sometimes I realize that I'm not always really inviting God in, but there's a part of me that just automatically sometimes goes into this mode of just starting to chant. And it's almost like a push of trying to get to God. You ever feel that in yourself? Like you're just trying to go to God? And sometimes do you ever feel like there's a pressure there? Like maybe you're even pushing against something in that way? That's what I'm talking about. And I realize it's like, oh, that's right. We also need to take a step back and open the door and not only allow God in, but invite God in. Ask, in other words. Ask and you shall receive. Because we can say, okay, Lord, I'm open. And God goes, that's great. But you never ask God to come in. Oh, well, God, it's like, I surrender, I'm open, I allow. How come nothing's going on? I never invited God in. Holy crap, he's still standing at the doorway there waiting to be invited in. Well, that's a lot of what this is about. I remember one of the first things that Jim shared with me when I started stepping in to this role of sharing as a spiritual teacher. He said, one of the main things to remember always is that spirit operates under the premises of ask and you shall receive. That's freedom of choice. There's no infliction or forcing or being put upon. It's always to be asked, to be invited in. So it's important to remember that. God's not going to do anything for us until we invite God in, into our consciousness, into our life, into our experience. So that then God can now do with us. A lot of times we want God to be with us. We want God to do things for us. But how much do we really focus on inviting God into our consciousness, into our lives, and into whatever is going on? Inner, outer, all of it. All of it. Do we ask God to participate with us? Do we invite God in? It's a big key here. It's really wonderful because just even like the meditation just now, just in that inviting, boy, I just automatically feel this thing right here at the spiritual, I like to call it the door instead of the spiritual eye. More often I'll call it the door because I literally feel just open up. I can just feel this opening and as soon as it does, I just feel that wonderful, loving piece of spirit just move right on in to my consciousness. And when I do, it's often there's the purple light there's a sensation on the head all together, the whole package. And those are just common 
subtle things to pay attention to, to know that you have opened the door to allow God in. That's why almost every meditation that I lead people into, I always mention about be aware of that sensation of pressure on the head or forehead. Be aware of that inner light, especially the purple or blue or gold or white. Be aware of that ringing in the ears or sounds of nature or music or voices that you hear. Just relax and listen, but also remember to invite God in. Because we can even be open here at the spiritual eye, the spiritual ear and all that hearing, watching, observing, here in our consciousness and viewing out that door, that window, and looking and actually seeing a movement or experiencing that divine flow of God's loving. But here we are in ourselves, and here it is out here. So there's still a little separation. And what do we want to do in here to experience the divine? This isn't called, you know, watching the divine. This is called, this retreat is called experiencing the divine. So be aware that we have to take responsibility for our experience. We have to take action to begin to create the experience or open to it or move into it. Either way. You know, often the first step is just receiving God's loving. But sometimes the first step is giving our loving to God. It switches depending on what we're doing in ourselves where our focus is and what our lessons are in this unfolding journey that we are walking. And I mean spiritually, regardless if it's in the body or out of body, it's an unfolding journey that the soul is on, on every level of God's creation. And what are we doing to consciously participate with that journey? What are we doing? Most of us feels like something's being done to us. Unfortunately, it's often feeling a negative thing being done to us, like uh, we're the victim of something. And sometimes there's the wonderful blessings that we feel like God's doing something to us that's really wonderful. But either way, it's kind of like something or somebody doing something to us rather than us taking responsibility for us, ourselves, to have experience. If you want your life to change, if you want transformation, if you really want to wake up and know that truth of who you are as a divine being of God's loving, you have a responsibility. It really is up to you to take the actions to have that experience, that awakening, that knowing. And a simple, simple step is simply begin to invite God in. And I leave after where I say invite God in, where you fill in the blank, into what? Just into yourself, into this, into that. You can invite God into everything. But I'll tell you what, the key is to invite God into yourself. Because when you invite God into yourself and you wake up and know your oneness with God, you'll begin to see that God is and always has been in everything. Funny thing is, we don't really need to invite God into anything because God already is. But on this journey where the soul has moved out of that awareness of its oneness with God and into this experience of separation 
in this realm of illusion and reflection, duality, polarity, that there is an action, a way to go about to begin to now experience that oneness again, to move back into the knowing and out of the separation. Simple, simple steps. So the next thing, after inviting God in, well, you've also got to invite yourself into God. So you invite God into you, but then what about you now inviting yourself to God? Why well, I can't do that? Isn't that kind of being rude and putting myself on God? <laughs> Believe it or not, some of us run that even unconsciously. How do you know? If you ever feel that way about inviting yourself over to somebody else's place or with somebody else, that gives you an indicator right there that somewhere in your consciousness that is also running that you're not allowing yourself to invite yourself into God. Oh my God, I never looked at it that way. Well, haven't you ever done that? Haven't you ever had the experience you hear somebody is going to go do something, you go, oh my God, I'd love to go do that with them, but you're, you're too afraid to invite yourself because it seems rude or, you know, that's not the appropriate social etiquette or whatever it may be. Have you ever done that or felt that way? It's kind of like that. Well, a lot of us often don't feel worthy or valuable enough to God to invite ourselves with God or into God. Well, I'll tell you what, just hearing what I just said right there, a lot of us will begin to say, oh my God, I need therapy. I need some therapy to start really now finding my self-worth, building my self-value. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have to figure it all out and do all that. Maybe all you need to do is start taking the action steps and just doing it. What is that? Feel the fear and do it anyway? Most of us feel the fear and stop dead in our tracks. We don't do anything. That's the big key here. Do it anyway. Start taking the action steps anyway. Whether it's inviting God in or inviting yourself into God. Just start doing. Over and over, I can't tell you how many times I've heard Jim say, you don't have to believe this, you don't have to know it, you don't have to anything. Just start doing. Just take action. And in the action, in the doing, you'll start to have some type of experience. And in that experience, you'll begin to wake up and know that greater truth. Whether it's a little bit at a time or a lot at a time, it'll come however it comes. But the key is really beginning to do. No longer holding yourself back. It doesn't matter what the reasons are. It doesn't matter if you're unworthy. It doesn't matter if you're a piece of whatever, whatever. Those are just self-judgments. Those are things you put on yourself or others have put on you and you've bought into. None of that matters. It only matters if we believe it, if we give it the energy to hold us back. But even then, it still doesn't matter. It's just something we're doing. Well, I'm taking action. That's right, I'm really unworthy. There you go, I'm feeding my unworthiness by not doing the loving, by not inviting God in, by not going into God. It almost sounds silly in some ways, but yet that's a lot of what goes on inside of us. 
even when we don't realize it. Even when we don't realize it. Anybody in here experienced yet where you're not meditating as much or even at all like you would like to, and you go, I know I should be, I should be meditating. Anybody here ever run that on themselves? And, okay, let me see. Anybody ever not run that on themselves? Yeah, so we feed that. We do. We get exactly what we focus on. We give energy to it. That's what it is. So whatever you take action on, whether it's a physical action or even just thinking, it's a mental action. It's a mental action. Visualizing, imagining, it's a creative action. It's a movement of consciousness, of energy, that we and ourselves are directing, giving focus, giving our attention to. And that's also the challenge here because a lot of these things are so subtle, they're going on all the time, we don't, we don't ever think about it. Well, it's just like, well, my thoughts go here and there all the time. If you just stopped and started paying attention to all of your thoughts and all of your feelings and all your fantasies, you could spend hours every single day with never even moving your body. Well, some of us, that's what we're doing in meditation. Did you realize that? Did you realize that even when you're trying to get to God and saying, Lord, I love you, or chanting the sacred name, that your thoughts going at the same time? Have you noticed that yet when you meditate? Even when you're trying to get to God, your thoughts, don't they seem to get louder or stronger and you're more aware of them? Because why? And then you get all upset because you're going, Stop! I'm trying to get to God and get beyond that. You're actually becoming more aware, aren't you? Oh my gosh. Awareness. Awakefulness. But what do we do? Judge that these thoughts are getting in our way. Judge the emotions or the fantasies that come up. Rather than going, Wow, I never paid attention to this stuff before. Maybe I can learn something here. Maybe I can learn about myself about all these things that go through my mind, all these things that go through my emotions, all the fantasies and wishes and wants I have or don't want or don't have. Did you know that's part of this journey? Most of us try to get rid of that and stop it so that we can really keep doing the loving and get towards God. Well, what's happening now as you move towards God, you're moving through all of that. For those of you who've been around a while, maybe you forgot. Remember we said this path of sun and light that we teach in Interlight Ministries is a threefold path. Meditation, self-study, and service. Well, we, we all know the meditation. That's the main thing we do. But how much do we look at self-study or service? Well, what I'm talking about right now is self-study. Self-study. To pay attention, observe, become aware of yourself. Well, the main self, of course, we want to study or awaken to and be aware of is the soul, the divine self. But also in that process is being aware of these other selves, the mental self, the emotional self, the imaginary self, the physical self. Those things are going to become more awake to us as we move towards God. 
in that oneness that God is, is the knowing. Haven't you noticed that yet? When you move towards God, you become more aware of yourself. You start to know yourself. Know thyself. To thine own self be true. All these things that have been shared through history. These happen automatically as we observe and continue in this journey or path of loving. Loving brings it about. So instead of judging the thoughts, the feelings, the fantasies, the wants and desires, how about instead going, wow, I just learned something about myself. That's great. I never knew I really thought that. It kind of just went there, but I never paid attention to it. Oh, my God. I think a lot about that. Awareness is the beginning of you beginning to take authority. You, the soul, beginning to take authority over all those thoughts and feelings and the things in the body that have run you and entrapped you. You didn't realize that, did you? Or did you realize the power in that? When you start to become aware, you start to have an authority or a power over all that where you can now begin to get free from it, where before it was running you and keeping you entrapped. That's why this is so important. To not just blow off all these other parts of self thinking, oh no, only the divine self. If you start to give credit to, observe, and learn from yourself, you're going to find it a lot easier to invite God's loving in. Because you'll actually start to love, or maybe even like yourself. You do that, God's going to come in even when you don't invite God in. Because when you start to love yourself, it will pull and draw God's loving and loving in God through all things in and towards you. You get exactly what you focus on. What goes around comes around. I always share with people, if you want love from others, give it to yourself. And you will be amazed when you really start loving yourself how many other people start loving you. It's incredible. And if you don't love yourself, you'll be disappointedly amazed how many people don't love you either. <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds funny, but it's a lot of what happens. But luckily, some people who love themselves enough see the things we do to ourselves and they love us anyway. That's a blessing. It's nice to have people around that love us no matter what. But we still have to let the loving in. Just because somebody loves us doesn't necessarily do it. We've still got to do something. We have to let the loving in. We have to invite it. Whether it's from another person or whether it's from God or for ourselves. Did you know that not allowing yourself or others to love you is also not letting God love you? You can't separate any of this stuff. You just can't. You can't say, okay, God, I'll let you love me, but not anybody else. Can't handle that. Oh, my God, other people love me. All my stuff comes up. All my issues. I'd rather just love God. I don't want to deal with the love here with other people. 
pay attention to that because if you don't allow the love of God to come through others, you're shutting the door to God to some degree. I'm not saying completely. I'm just saying to a degree. Because on your journey home to God, the soul's journey waking up and fully re being reinstated in that oneness, in that union, that merging with God, there is this process we go through even in this world of reflection that the world will often reflect to a degree, not 100%, but to agree some of the things that we run inside of ourselves. The only problem is when we hear statements like I'm making now, most of us focus on the negative. So when we see somebody not like us or call us a name, we think automatically, oh my God, there's something inside of me that must not like me or calling myself names. Rather than focusing on, you know what, I love myself regardless of what people call me or think of me. Because guess what, even when you really do love yourself and know it, there's still going to be people out there that are going to call you names and not like you. But do we let that go in and feed that instead of the loving of ourselves? What do we do with it? We're the ones who have the authority to make the choice of what we want to do with that. You don't have to be a victim. Most, most of us do because it's been ingrained. It happens, it's not automatic now. Did you realize that we are constantly making choices all the time? It's just that most of them are running automatically and unconsciously. Somebody calls you a name and you go, yep, that's true. I'm worthy of that. We don't realize it. But that's why I'm saying, pay attention to those things as you're meditating and moving towards God, the self-study part, of what comes up in your awareness and your consciousness, all the negative or stinking thinking, the emotions, all of it. Now the little giggles are starting to remind me of uh, somebody over the weekend said, oh yeah, follow your instincts. What if your instincts, though? <laughs> well, it's often true, because sometimes the instincts are maybe just the voice of the world, all the negative stinking thinking. Follow the loving. Let that become your new instinct or habitual experience. In other words, it doesn't matter what the words are. I don't care if you call it instincts, intuition, gut feelings, awarenesses, divine, whatever. Just move towards the loving. Make that the choice regardless of what you call it. And that's what will make the difference. And we have the power to change that, to choose to focus on what we want and to invite God in. And if we just can't seem to get over it, no matter how much I try, the loving, accepting, forgiving, and giving it up to God, and all that, no matter how much I try, why doesn't it go away? Have you invited God into it? Have you invited God into yourself? And instead of focusing on it, and trying to get rid of it, why not just focus on God and invite God in and just let it run its course? Why do we have to change it or do something with it when something's disturbing us, we're having a hard time, our, our stuff is up? Really, why do we have to do anything with it? Why do we have to try to get rid of it or change it? 
Is there any reason? I don't like it. Okay, we know that. We don't like it. It's disturbing. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. Did you know that's often some part of us unconsciously going into a state of resistance? Causing something inside of us to contract, constrict, to shut down, causing some pain? That's what resistance does. Like I said, most of these things run unconsciously. But as soon as we become aware of it, we're becoming conscious of it. What did I say the first thing was? As soon as you become aware of something, you now are in that first stage of beginning to take authority over it. But then you have to act on that. So you've got to take action on that awareness. You can't just leave it there. It'll keep running. Well, this is why we share about loving, accepting, and forgiving. A state of resistance is also a state of not accepting. When we can really accept what's going on is when it begins to shift. So how many of you heard what I just said? Are you busy watching Deborah? We don't realize how powerful acceptance is. There's an amazing power there, and acceptance is an action step after awareness. It begins to discharge all those energies of resistance and judgment and fear that we run. Just to accept things the way they are, instead of thinking we have to do anything with it or change it. That will actually change it. But if we go in with the attitude, I'm going to change this by accepting it, no, no, no. It's not the words. It's the actual attitude or approach and how we are with it inside of ourselves. You can't attack something with acceptance. You can't love it to death. Well, you can, actually, because when you really move into a state of true acceptance, then the loving just starts to come forward. It just opens the door allowing that loving to come right on in. And that's the key here, is to open a door to let the loving right on in. Well, so what am I saying? Acceptance is another way of inviting God in. Accept the way things are. Accept yourself. Accept others. Accept your disturbance. Because it begins to open the door and invite God in. You don't have to like it. Here's the other side of it. I didn't say you to like it. Okay, Lord, okay, I accept this is going on, and you know, in honesty, I don't like it, but I'm acknowledging that it's present, and I'm going to open it and invite your loving in. And then just be open and see how it moves. But if you have the attitude, I'm inviting your loving in because we're going to get rid of this sucker, guess what? That attitude is going to hold it right to you, and it's not going to move. The loving will come in, and it'll stop right where that place is inside of you that is trying to attack it to get rid of it. Any of this make sense, what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm saying here? Haven't you felt or seen or heard or known this somehow inside of yourself? It's pretty interesting. That's why it's never the words. These words that we share here are simply trying to describe so that we can have more awareness. And in that awareness, we can begin to see what we are actually doing in ourselves and to see how we can begin to do something different 
that really allows now that divine grace to come into our consciousness and that we can come into it and live it fully and experience those blessings and that loving and that joy and that peace that is of spirit. Those are the qualities that come with that spirit of loving. It's just we need to find how it works, how to work it. And part of that is the self-study, to pay attention, to be aware, to know ourselves and what we do. That's part of the learning. That's what karma is. Self-study. As you learn about yourself, you're going to learn from your karmas or your unlearned lessons. Those lessons that are the karmas are going to just come forward but in a lot easier, more graceful way when we approach it in the way that I'm speaking of here now. It makes all the difference. How many of you, I know many of you, we've been in conversations around things like this. And what do I sometimes do when you're sitting there criticizing yourself or judging yourself? You ever see me or hear me put a different spin on it with you? Some of you have. That's what I'm talking about. What you see Jim and I do with you, start doing it for yourself. We do that to give you an idea, to begin to move the energy, but then you've got to now take it and begin to now move it in yourself. It's so important to do that. That's the self-responsibility that we hear about all the time in here. Of taking responsibility for your thoughts and feelings, actions and reactions. We can begin to move that. That's why we come to these retreats. It gives us the opportunity to begin to open and experience that movement, that flow of spirit here. And that's what Jim and I are here to share. And that's what we do. But more than just share that flow of spirit is also the how-to so that we can all begin to do that and receive that grace and those blessings and that awakefulness and knowing and ultimately that merging once again. Our soul merging back into that full beingness of God's loving. That's what it's really about. But these are all the little keys or tools and the steps that we can take so that we can really move into that. It's funny. Meditation is such a simple thing, as you know. But boy, all the details in the journey through meditation into that oneness with God. Isn't it fun? That's what we're doing, whether we like it or not. So we might as well start having a little fun with it. And we might as well start paying a little bit of attention too, so that we really learn. And then we can really experience why we're here. All of you are here because of that. You all want it, otherwise you wouldn't be here. And it's nice. And I'll say without going into details right now, but earlier today in my meditation this morning, I was reminded I've had so many wonderful, amazing experiences in spirit. I've forgotten more than I can remember. This morning, I was starting to be, remember some of the experiences of moving back into that oneness with God 
and those experiences in those realms of spirit beyond this world of reflection is just so incredible. It is so worth doing all this work and all this stuff we walk through in this world. It is just, I do, it's, it's just so amazing. And I just say that because I know inside of you that's what you want. That's what I wanted and still want and why I continue to do this and why I began doing this. But we truly cannot imagine how incredible the soul's experience with God is. Because we're so busy with all these details of trying to get there. But that's fine. Handle the details. Do the work. Take the steps. Because that's how we get to that. I wish this was quicker. I wish it would just happen. But there is a process. And all we have to do is learn what the process is and do it. That's it. What are the steps? And take the steps. That's it. And you just keep doing it over and over and over. And you will experience more of the divine. You will make it home to God. You will know these greater experiences in the realm of spirit beyond this world. I know many of you have had experiences already and a lot of amazing, wonderful things. But I'll tell you what, no matter how amazing the experiences you've had beyond this physical consciousness, it falls short in comparison to the experiences truly in the spiritual realms beyond all of the physical and astral and causal and mental and etheric realms. They just don't even compare. And those are very amazing in themselves. To really know, to really experience, not to know like in the mind, to experience your soul merging into God's beingness. You want to have that experience? You're in the right place. So that's what we're going to do this whole several days ahead of us here is moving into the experience of the divine. Whether you do it in the next few days or the next few years, it really doesn't matter. It's just the doing of it that does.